Lose the Cape podcast, episode 151. Hey, hey, mamas, we have so many exciting things to tell you about this week. It has been a whirlwind couple days as we have gotten our kids back to school and are trying to get everything normalized amongst open houses and new procedures and all kinds of fun stuff. I have a sixth grader this year, so we are entering or have just entered middle school, and that's a whole new fun challenge for us. I'm sure many of you can relate right now, although some of you don't have kids starting back until after Labor Day weekend, so you may still be like, oh my gosh, we're almost there. Hang on, mamas, you've, you've got this. We, we are almost there. And then you'll be missing your sweet little munchkins because they're gone all day. I haven't gotten to that point yet, but it's coming soon. I know it. <laughs> anyway, a couple of things that we want to talk about right now. First of all, this podcast is sponsored by the amazing book, Princess Monroe and Her Happily Ever After. This, incidentally, is the first children's book published by my imprint, um, Purple Butterfly Press. So if any of you are thinking about writing children's books or need help or guidance through the process, please reach out to me that we have four authors now and four books coming out in the next six months and we're super excited. But Princess Monroe launches on September 12th. In the show notes at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 151, you will find more information about the book and how to even get a free advanced review copy. Yes, we are giving away this book for free. It's such an amazing book. The reviews we've seen so far have been phenomenal. In a nutshell, it's about a little girl who, a little princess, not a little princess, kind of a, kind of a probably like preteen princess whose mom says, Hey daughter, it's time to go find a prince. And the daughter says, I don't need a prince. I've got all these fun things that I want to do in my life. And it's about her finding herself and being involved in the things that she wants to be involved in and doing what she wants and um, not worried about whether or not she finds a prince along the way. So we love the theme, the story behind it, this idea of strong, independent girls it's a great little book for boys, too. It's a great book if you have boys that you want to teach to um, to be feminist boys as well. So head on over to losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 151, where you will find all the show notes from today's episode, and you will also see how you can get a free advanced review copy. If you listen to this after launch day, I'm sure we will have other fun things going on with um, Princess Monroe. You can follow her on Facebook and see what's happening. All right, so the next thing we want to talk about is our holiday gift guide. It is already that time. I know, it's crazy. It is time to think about the holidays and gift buying. And this year, I'm going to try to not be that person who is out shopping for everybody um, literally the day before Christmas or two days before Christmas or if you're a Hanukkah person or some other kind of celebration, you know, right before that begins. It will be upon us before we even know it. We are seeking small businesses, authors, um, mom products, anything that would be relevant to our audience of moms, a wide mix of moms with a wide age variety of children, some who are working, some who are building businesses from homes and are entrepreneurs. That's actually our largest sex segment of our audience. Um, a lot of stay-at-home moms, a lot of full-time working moms. So basically, if you have a product that's going to be of use to a mom or a child, you might want to consider putting it in our gift guide and um, getting it in front of our audience. 
All of that information is also at losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 151, or you can check out the page on the main page that talks about the holiday gift guide on the website. I think it's going to be great. Not only will we be um, posting it on the website, sharing all of these products and businesses on our Facebook page um, and posting on the website. I think I already said that, Um, but we'll also have an entire episode of the podcast dedicated solely to talking about our favorite things and um, the stuff in in the holiday gift guide. So we're really looking forward to that episode. We love to talk about shopping. We love to talk about products. If you are a product-based business and you want to send one um, to us for us to talk about specifically, we'd love to do that too. Anyway, reach out to us. Find us somehow. Let us know if you want to participate. We're going to try to make it as big of a deal as possible because one of our biggest passions is helping and encouraging moms. And I fully feel that a large part of that is supporting moms who are running businesses, growing businesses, or launching a product as you saw us do recently with the Binka Bear launch, which update on that. She did, Caitlin did get full funding for her Kickstarter program. So the Binka Bear will be happening. We are so excited for Caitlin. If you missed all the episodes where we talked about Binka Bear, it's just a great, great, great product developed by a mom who needed to help her children deal with um, taking away the passy in a soothing and comforting way. And she did that successfully. And we are so pleased for Caitlin and, you know, so pleased for any mom who is solving a problem that impacts many moms and making their lives easier. So um, back to the topic of Monroe, you know, the feminism and all of these types of things going on. Today's episode is actually with one of our co-authors from our most recent book, The Lose the Cape Ain't Nothing But a Teen Thing book, Shanti Bryan. She is a lawyer and involved in all kinds of fun stuff, a full-time working mom, a mom of girls, teen girls. And uh, she she sat down with us for a while and shared some of her insights of um, work-life balance and how that's really a lie. And anyone who has tried to do it knows that. She talks about the importance of instilling uh, feminist values in her daughters and how she does that, how she models things for them. Um, it was just, it was a great interview with her and such a different perspective. And it was really almost kind of healing for me to have this conversation with her because um, my mom worked a lot and um, and she didn't always necessarily do the things that Shanti is doing with her daughters to make sure that even though she is working all the time, she's still keeping that bond growing with her daughters. So I really loved the advice that she had, and um, I think it's just a phenomenal episode all around, and you're going to love her. She's super interesting. She's married to a former NFL player. I mean, that's kind of cool as we go back into football season, and some of us are like, yay, football, and others of us are like, football, stop talking about it, right? Okay, all right, I have gone on long enough. The main point of this is to please head over to losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 151 or look for us all over social media. We'll be talking about the um, Princess Monroe launch. We'll be talking about the holiday gift guide and all of these fun things. So reach out. Let us um, know how we can help you be a part of all of these things. 
And um, I believe that's all I need to say before we get right into the show. Lastly, there is one last thing I keep forgetting to ask people. If you love our podcast, would you please share it? We um, have not done a great job of asking people to go over and review the podcast, and I would like to remedy that. So if you have enjoyed our podcast and could follow us, subscribe to us on whatever platform you use to listen, leave us a great review. Um, share it with your friends. That would be amazing. We would love you so much for it, even more than we already do. All right, with all of that behind us, let's get right into it. Enjoy the show and have a great day. So today we are continuing to talk about this whole teen thing because I think most of us who um, have approached this area of life realize that just like when we were handed a newborn that we didn't quite know what to do with and then a three-nager that we definitely didn't know what to do with. This teen, um, this teen stage is completely different, completely new territory, and something that I am really enjoying talking about as I um, observe my 11-year-old as he's approaching this stage. So today we are talking with another one of our contributors to the book, Shanti Bryan. She describes herself as a recovering NFL wife and mother of three. As an attorney, she formerly represented convicted criminals and now teaches criminal justice professionals and other public servants complex skills like increasing fairness, engaging residents, and creating inclusion. As a writer, Shanti blogs about mothering, growing up Oki and Indian, and her life with criminals and potential criminals. She also writes about teaching and lawyering for MS. Um, JD. Is that Ms. JD? Is that the, the yeah. Ms. JD? Sorry. So it sounds like your background is perfect for raising a teen. <laughs> 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 I mean, you're. Are your kids scared of you? <laughs> yes. Well, they know a lot about prisons. Let's say that. Yes. <laughs> well, hopefully enough to keep them out of one. Yeah. That's the important thing. Okay. So, a couple questions just to get into right about your bio. What do you mean when you say you're a recovering NFL wife? <laughs> uh, I married my college boyfriend and he played in the NFL for 12 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what team? Oh, so, so many teams. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, he, <laughs> he won a Super Bowl with the 49ers in 1990, the 1994 season. And then he played for the Saints for a long time. We lived in New Orleans. And then the Jets. Those are sort of, there were some other teams sprinkled in, but it was uh an interesting time, but we moved our family all around the country and it was a lot less glamorous than you might think. Yes, it's kind of like being a military family to a degree. <laughs> yeah, you never know quite where you're gonna be the next season. So you have, you have three kids, how old are they? And are they all girls, boys, girls? I've got two teenage girls. Lily is 17, Cece is 16, and Zach is nine, almost 10. So you're almost in the three teen area. Oh gosh, don't <laughs> even say that. <laughs> Yay, uh, how much fun is that? Um, well, I want to talk about what you wrote in the book because your essay was very unique and I thought That's very eight. necessary. Oh, Nancy, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? That's me talking. About. Um, 
Um, so, <laughs> um, you, I thought your your essay was very unique. It was the only one that came from the approach of um, talking about your career and how much you love your career. And um, I think that for me, I love, I really enjoyed reading somebody else expressing some of the emotions that um, I ne- am afraid to say out loud sometimes. <laughs> But I know there's many women who feel this way. So tell us about your essay um, and, and, and what you talked about and how you um, relate with your children. Yeah, so I, um, when I first had kids, I stayed home with them for a few years. I was already an attorney and um, it, it, it involved some of moving around. And so I, I, we were coming back to California and I hadn't taken the bar here and I just decided to stay home with them for a few years. My husband's mom did that for him and it was a very hard time. (laughs) It was a very hard time for me. So I had two girls, you know, basically in two years and I, um, when I finally decided to go back to work, um, it was like, I found myself again. It was like, it gave me purpose. I, I love my work. Like I still love my work. And as hard as it is to juggle the kids and my work and my health and my marriage, it, it completely saved me. And I, um, my essay is about wanting my kids to know like I'm 100% dedicated to them. I love them unconditionally obviously but I still really value work I still really um, make it a priority to to be myself and do things for myself Um, yeah and so my essay is about especially raising daughters to uh, grow up to you know have it all which you can't have it all you have you know you sacrifice on one side or the other always Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's okay. Like, it's okay to be kind of mediocre to good, you know, some days really good at all of the things, but never all at once, you know, it's a big mess. Balance. But like, that's okay. Yeah, I agree. I think balance is the biggest lie that we try to impose on moms. And, and I totally get it because I was a career woman prior to this world. I consider myself a career woman now. I'm just yeah, you are. Career. But um but I, I was in a very, very different career. I was working first as an intelligence um officer in the Air Force and then as um a counterterrorism planner for Homeland Security. So my job was and the whole time I think grass is always greener. I loved my work. I loved my work. When I was pregnant with my first child I was still working like 12 hours a day until my commander, who was a woman, mother of four, and somehow managed a balance as a colonel in the Air Force. But she was like, you've got to stop doing this. First of all, it's illegal and you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> Second of all, this is not good for you or baby. And she'd be like, go home, go home now. We will survive without you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I get that like really love of and uh, a love of job and everything. But at some point in time, I was like, I would like to be home with my children. So I quit my job when I had a three-year-old and an 18-month, 15-month-old, I guess. And I was like, holy crap, I don't know how to do this. 
I've never been home with small children. They go to somebody else. So I'm like calling their babysitter every day saying, what do I do with them? <laughs> when, do they, when do they nap? How do I do this thing? <laughs> like freaking out. And I missed work, which is why I started all of this stuff. So I get it. But um, um, I, I really get it. But it's hard to say it sometimes because I know some of the, the times that I've said it, I have a, a, a few girlfriends who would give anything in the world to be able to be a stay-at-home mom. And yeah. they don't understand this drive to keep working. And um, so it's, I think it's important to have voices on both sides. How, well, I know, ahead. but then, but like you said, the grass is always greener. I mean, if they had to stay home, they would yeah, know I, the frustrations of that job, too. <laughs> and, you know, it's staying home, staying home is not always a luxury, though. Like, a lot of people stay home because they literally cannot afford child care. This um, is true. This yeah, is true. Um, it, which was, like, a deciding factor in my staying home so long and why I instead of going back to work just started my own business yeah because I was a teacher like I was like we'll never get paid enough to justify the cost of child care especially if you have three of them close in age like yours are and mine are like that 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 was one of the decisions too we knew we wanted to have another child and I was like can we afford to have three children in daycare at the same time. And I was like, do you know how much money I would have to make to justify <laughs> how much money it would yeah. cost? And mm -hmm. for that one year that we had all three of them in full time. I like, cannot tell you how happy it would be to write the last full check. <laughs> I was like, I am done. Yeah. I am done paying for preschool. I am done paying for, you know, and now I just hate the babysitter so that I can just, have a few hours to work every day, which is like mm -hmm. much more manageable than like having all three of them in daycare or camp. Yeah. 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 I, we, um, we had like a live in person that oh, oh. reduced, reduced the cost. You know, we could. That's my love language. For us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that was really helpful. I mean, the other thing, though, I think is that we can't just think about like my salary compared to the cost of childcare because it's, you know, my husband's salary too. I mean, it's there are kids, and to continue to work increases my value as a professional, per, increases my potential. So that it's sort of an investment in my career. Absolutely. Um, so I, I do understand. And it, I mean, in the Bay Area, childcare is crazy. Like I could probably make more as a I nanny have, than I, I do. Like a, I have a high school kid watching my kids. Yeah, uh, I right. Like, I know that's helpful. I'm paying you minimum, I'm paying you minimum wage. <laughs> okay, well, that's one benefit of having a teen right there. Yeah. I've got two teens. So right, I, right, exactly. You have built-in babysitters now. Yes, yes. So I, yeah. I think it's interesting, though, because, um, you know, it really depends on your location and where you're at for us. And just to clarify, the reason that I was relating to my salary was because at the time, my husband was pretty much... It like there wasn't a lot of other opportunity for him to go find something else. So it was kind of like, you're in a good position. We need you here, you know. So it, it does, it depends on both, but 
you're absolutely right. It's not just the mother's responsibility to go find a job right. that will pay for it. Right. Like, that's just what was happening in our situation. Like I mm-hmm. needed, there's more to my story too. I had to leave my job because I was in a hostile work environment and there was an investigation going down on some people and it was just, it was bad. I had to leave. So it was one of those things was where it was, do I go try and find another job? Or do I come home? And at the time, I thought I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom because that's easy. And I I mean, the stay-at-home mom has the best world ever. She gets to get her own life and do. That must have been a rude Oh my gosh! Like I was like. What have I got myself into? <laughs> Career.com, here I come. Where did I find? And then I got pregnant. Oh my God, I like cannot. <laughs> I mean, even just like, even though I consider myself a stay-at-home mom or a work-at-home mom, like I have been very vocal about my need to not be around my children all the time. Like I go on trips with my girlfriend. I like go out. I have a babysitter. I like cannot be with my children 24-7. I'm just not one of those people where I'm like, oh, I'm the only one that can take care of my kid. I am no father letting other people take care of my kid. Yeah. I'm like, here, yeah. take them. <laughs> Well, I kind of derailed the conversation and I didn't mean to. Like I told Shanti before we started, we just kind of go where the conversation takes us. But um, I do want to get back to actually talking about mm-hmm. teens. So um, I'd love to know more about like how you try and teach your daughters that it's okay to want both sides or everything or how you, what, what are the lessons that you're teaching them as they're teenagers? How do you go about doing that? Um, do you have good teenage daughters or are they the, the ones we all fear? <laughs> huh. I don't that. How should I answer that? <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't answer that. that. This is being recorded and broadcasted live by okay. our daughters. Right? I mean, they're on Facebook. My kids are on Facebook. They might be watching it right now. No, they're not. They're not. Um, let's see. Yes, they're good. <laughs> and yes, they do teenage things. Yes. I mean, they do. <laughs> they do. They do teenage things. And oh my gosh, I remember like in eighth grade, my oldest, it, it was the last day of seventh grade. And just like, boom, I'm like, here we go. I mean, there was a party. It was like, there was like bad texting decisions. I mean, oh, no. it was like, it just hit like a ton of bricks. And I, and I was thinking about this morning, getting ready to talk to you, like it, how challenging it's been, but it goes more, it's like less consistent than the, the grind of having babies and toddlers. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just like nonstop, just grind, right. like disgusting, sleepless <laughs> grind. But teenagers, it's like their moment, you know, there's, there can be whole periods of just like fun. Like right. it's really fun to have like a friend and a, and a, person to go hang with and talk with and they're funny and they're their own person um but then it gets it can get really dark and right the problems are 
can be enormous. Right. Yeah. So um, I forget what the question was. How do I do? How do I? Uh, so kind of going. Them? Yeah. How how we talked about how you mentioned in your essay that you want them to know that they can that they can have both worlds or that they can go yeah. whichever way they want. So how how do you um, how do you teach them that other than just showing them by example? I mean, yeah. Right? I mean, I guess that's one of my main strategies is just modeling, like really um, liking my job. Like I talk a lot about my work and how interesting I think it is and how fulfilling it is and um, helping others and, and, you know, working for social justice is just so important to me and to the world. And um I, my oldest is, is she sort of, she, she gets it. She wants to join the Peace Corps. She's a big environmentalist. Um, my other daughter, she's like, eh, I'm just going to play soccer. You know? <laughs> um, but let's see. I, I mean, I also say in my essay, like I, um, we just talk a lot about like feminism and like issues about being a parent and, um, choosing to have children and I feel like I'm pretty honest with them like you thought I was honest in the essay I'm just pretty honest with them about the challenges I've had and um, just coming to terms with being a mom and all that means and I really try especially with my oldest I tried to have I was I tried to be very conscious about talking to her um, just consistently all the time. Um, I didn't have that relationship with my mom. Like we didn't really talk about things ever. Um, so Lily and I just, we made a commitment sort of just to practice talking to each other. Like even when we didn't feel like it, even when it was uncomfortable, we would just like say like, tell me like something, that might be hard to tell me. And we would both practice that. And then, you know, we started that kind of in the middle school years when she started to pull apart and um, it started getting hard for me. So we, I just, we really practiced trying to keep lines of communication open. You know, I have to say, I, I really appreciate the fact that you um, are so open about, I'm assuming that you talk to her and say, like, I need to practice this too. Yeah. Um, yeah because yeah. I, I, I have a very similar experience. Like my mom, she was very dedicated to her career and there, that's not always good or bad. Like yeah. I know for a fact that the reason that I feel like I can do anything as a woman and follow any career model and do whatever I want to is because of the example that my mother modeled for me. She did that part excellently. We are all very independent and driven women. Score. Mm -hmm. Bad part is she never talked to us at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so we had no lines of communication. I mean, it was very much like it was, it was down to business, like who's got to be where, when, and what's happening, and what are we having for dinner, but never anything deeper than that. Thank goodness I was a good child because 
I wouldn't have known how to approach her on any type of subject. So I, I, I'm saying all of that to say that I love that because I have an eight-year-old daughter and I feel like we're already starting to get to the point where we're butting heads sometimes and that it's hard for me. And I feel this pressure a lot as a mom that I should just know how to do this. <laughs> Or, 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 or like I should be making it look to my children like I just know what I'm doing. So I'm glad that you have that conversation and that you use the word practice and that you and your daughter practice together. I think that will be really useful knowing my daughter's personality to say, Ella, I'm learning how to do this too. Let's practice. Let's always make an effort, even if we're angry at each other and, and hopefully change that dynamic that my mom and I had so that my daughter and I can be more open because the world is so different. I mean, my mom didn't have to worry about me sexting anybody or sending, but not that I would have, I'm like the most modest person in the entire world, but you know, yeah, <laughs> I mean, no. there's just so many things. She didn't have to worry about me getting on the internet and, you know, sending a picture of my butt to somebody or you know, oh whatever that, that we do have to, you know, because that happens more than you know. <laughs> so I, I, I like that. I like that approach of, of it's okay. It's okay for your parent, for your parents, for your children to know that you don't always know the answers and that you're learning too. I think that's very, a very valuable tip for, for parents. It's worked. It, it really yeah. has worked. I, I have to say. It. I mean, she, it, it, the more you practice, the better you get. And so we both have gotten really pretty good. And now she'll just say that, you know, she'll just tell me anything. Um, so, and then that models it for her little sister, who's a little bit more reserved, but she's getting better too. And so it's really, it's been great. Yeah. I think my big thing about, I want my children to understand that I'm a human being. Like, I'm not just, mom right like here to like you know I get every second call like I'm a human being and that like it's not my job to entertain them or to fulfill every single need they have that they have to be able to do it themselves sometimes or that they have to respect my feelings and my and I think it's important for kids to understand that you know that like life is not about a giving to you every yeah. And, and, that you, and that it goes both ways. Uh -huh. you know? so, yeah. One of my favorite books is How to Raise an Adult. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, and so, who wrote that book? Julie Lifcomb-Hain. Uh -huh. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Something so like, like what, that. Um, so, like, what? Um, like, what's the basis of the book? I mean, yeah, the basis is our job is not to, just like you said, like, serve our children and, like, make life beautiful and happy for them. That actually is not our job. Our job is to raise competent adults, really, to train them how to become independent and happy and, and thoughtful and caring. But, you know, it's not, we, our job isn't to serve them, essentially. And she, she has hilarious stories about, she used to be, she used to work at Stanford University and she would have, uh, she, she, and kids that get into Stanford, like, you know, they, 
Oh, that's right of, next door to me. <laughs> right, exactly. So a lot of them had, you know, the, all they did was study. And the rest of their life was served on a platter for them. And so she has stories of um, kids, college kids, calling their mom to say, Mom, where's my next class? Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Like, where's the room for, you know, bio 101? And she's like, no, 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 no. This is not okay. No. <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. It's my dad has like a lot of like salmon based nuggets that he likes to share with me. And they're usually pretty good. He has six children. So he kind of knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and so one of them is that he always says that you are not raising children. You are raising future adults. That's right. And so that should like inform kind of just like everything that you do as a parent. Mm -hmm. That it's like not about now in this moment, but like later. Mm-hmm. That's a great yeah. piece of it. Because you don't want yeah. them, you don't want them calling you and asking you where, where their bio classes. <laughs> you know, it it shocked me because so when I I left the the outside of the home career, uh, almost shoot, my daughter's eight. I left when she was almost two, so six years ago now I've been at home, and um, I remember right as I was leaving was when a lot of the millennials were starting to come into the workforce. And one of my coworkers told me that a friend of hers said when they were interviewing for a position, the the person brought their parent with them, brought their mother with them to the interview. And I was like, what? I said, that person would oh be my God. right off the future hire list if I, if I, if I saw that. That resume is going in the garbage. Oh my gosh. I, I just can't even imagine. So yes, totally. We're raising adults. Would we have ever dreamed of taking our mom with us to a job interview? No. No. <laughs> no. 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 I mean, like, really, I mean, like, I just, you know, I'm very thankful that I'm, like, so self-sufficient. And I was self-sufficient as a college student, as a high school student. My parents were divorced. I was a latchkey kid. I mean, mm -hmm. like, I... You know, like we knew how to take care of ourselves. I knew how to do laundry. Yep. I yeah. talk. I like was able to figure out like the city bus schedule when I got to college. I knew like I was able to figure out who to talk to when I needed more financial aid money. Like I, you know. And it wasn't mom and dad. <laughs> Not mom and dad. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good idea with teenagers, and it's something we've done is almost like create a list of the, you know, basic competencies that they need to know. I mean, it's getting more clear now because I, I have a senior in high school. So in a year, she's going to be living on her own. But even, I mean, sort of in middle school, beginning of high school, it was like, okay, yeah, you have to know how to do your laundry. You have to know how to prepare, you know, some meals. You have to know how to make like a call to someone like to the airline to figure out you know a change in schedule or how to yeah figure out the bus schedule and get yourself to that yeah. meeting and so there are and like have a bank account and uh you know using atm so we do have sort of like just a list of Guidelines. basic competencies <laughs> okay. like you have to yeah. know these things and 
you know what's interesting is that um, before I met my husband, I mean, I lived in New York. I was, like, very independent. I, like, any time I had a problem, I would just, like, figure out how to fix it. If something was broken in my apartment, I would just fix it. And then I got married. <laughs> and I would just, like, have to let my husband do it. Because, you know, I don't really don't want to do those things anyway, even though I know how to do them. But then at one point, my husband left for work or, like, eight months. And I was like, God, now I have to fix everything myself. And I was like, I like kind of forgot what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Well, like, that's good modeling right there. It's like, well, I'm going to so fix this like, clogged and then, toilet. Right. And then I was like, God, you know, I used to be like this totally confident, independent person that could fix stuff and that could like make phone calls and get stuff done. And I like, realized how dependent I became on my husband. And I was like, oh, no. Like, oh, I, no. like, I can't live like this anymore. I mean, because he was gone for eight months, and then this past time he was gone for six months. I was like, I can't, like, just fly him back from California to change a life. <laughs> but, you know, what, what a fantastic um, example that's set for your daughters, though. Yeah. I mean, I know Micah's still really young, but he'll probably remember some of it. But your daughters in particular are going to be like, my mom did it you know she she could figure this stuff out I could figure this stuff out um it's interesting though because on this same subject line I was talking with Maria Dismondi who's been a a previous um guest on the on the podcast and she's a, a good friend of mine and we were boxing back and forth and she was telling me about some speaking engagements that she had with uh PTA parents from across her state and I was like she's a children's book author so I was like well what were you talking to about about, you know, with all these parents. And she kind of has two businesses. She has one that's um, all the publishing and all that. And then she does a lot of parental support. And she really enjoys talking about the types of things that parents need. And she said, we're talking about the critical skills that we've forgotten how to teach our children and, and how to bring these skills back into the school because we're focusing so much on education, education, education that we've forgotten how to teach kindness. We've forgotten how to teach, um, you know, these self-sufficient things. And I guess about two years ago, there was a report put out and I wish I could recall off the top of my head which organization did it, but it's like colleges were saying, or businesses, sorry, I'm confusing the two, but somebody important, either the colleges or the, or the businesses hiring, are saying, these are the seven critical skills that new, that the, the next generation is missing when they come in. And I think it's very much related to what you were talking about, Shanti. It's those basic things like like because I don't know if it's because of technology or because of helicopter parenting or or what the answer is, but for we've we've lost like the ability to raise adults. <laughs> so, it's because and I, think I mean it's back. I mean it's because they don't teach home ec anymore. Right. They don't teach they don't teach shop. I mean I took shop. I took home ec. I mean, and like kids today in school, they like are constantly being told what to do instead of yeah. being allowed to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Like you have to do it this way. You have to fill in the bubble this way <laughs> or you will never get into Harvard. <laughs> like, right, right. You know, right. You know and I think it's really just because we don't trust kids anymore to like make mistakes and figure things out. And, you know, it's like, it's like all or nothing. Like you just let them completely fail without any support or you hold their hand every single step of the way and hold the pencil for them. (laughs) I mean, 
you know there's like no in between anymore I feel like yeah. and that's why kids don't know how to do things when they become adults it's true all right. Well, we have been going on for over 30 minutes now. So um, I just want to say thank you so much, not only for doing this interview with us today, but for being so honest in your voice and in your essay that you included in the Ain't Nothing But a Teen Thing um, book and just, you know, r- reminding the the group of moms out there who do feel because I think I mean we talk a lot about mom guilt in general as as moms and I think there are a lot of moms who feel like they're supposed to just stay home and figure it out if they have the opportunity so I I appreciate I appreciate you voicing the sentiment for all the moms who who don't want to go that route, who want to go back to work, who want to do that, it's okay, that's all right. There's nothing wrong with you and that you can still, you can still be a good mom and raise good children, even if you make the choice to, to be a full-time working mom. And mm-hmm. um, so it's, it, I, I like what you're doing with your girls. I think it's great. I think we need more of that. So, uh, and my son too, you know, and your son, he's going to be a feminist too. Absolutely. That's such a good point. We should have talked about that. I didn't even think about that, but you're, you're absolutely right. It's almost more important to model that for the boys. Right. Um, cause Nancy and I talk about this all the time, like the difference in how, what our husbands expect versus what we expect yeah. mm-hmm. the houses the the whole how it all works together you know and mm-hmm. so yeah such a great point um well okay go ahead i'm sorry well thank you for having me this has been a fun conversation i could go on like can't don't we have another hour oh my gosh you are more than welcome to come back anytime <laughs> topic we, we yeah. that I love to talk about so um where can people find you you also blog to the side so where can they come read your blog yeah on medium I'm just on medium Shanti Bright Brian and um I just talk about a lot of social justice things but also parenting and family and um yeah I would love for people to get me there um we will um shantybryan.com also is i have my own website and it's sort of work and writing is there so um yeah thanks for including me in the book it was fun yeah we i enjoyed having you in it and um thank you again and have a fantastic day okay you too bye nancy Bye. bye alexa